You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. and his wife today. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated tonight. And uh, some of us were privileged a couple weeks ago to attend North American Youth Congress. And for those who aren't aware of what North American Youth Congress is, it's put on by the United Pentecostal Church International. And youth all across uh, the fellowship from every country are represented in that setting. And this event, it takes place every two years, and this year we had about 33,000 to 34,000 uh, people in attendance in the Dome in St. Louis, Missouri. I just want to share something that happened uh, on the Friday of that, uh, of that session, session, in the general session, and it was during the end, and I felt to get our group to pray together. I began to express that God was getting set to bring us back as representatives of what we are feeling for this week to bring it back to our church, that it's going to cause multiplication in our church. It was that Friday evening that the evangelist Chris Green, he preached a powerful message on where are the apostolics. And he said this, when the elders and the youth get in agreement with one another, it is going to cause multiplication in our churches. And I looked down at our group and I said, did you just hear that? Did you just hear that? A man of God just prophesied over us and said that God was getting set to send multiplication to our churches. I said, we need to receive that word in Jesus' name. And I want to declare to somebody, at our first Wednesday youth service, somebody was filled with the Holy Ghost. And we're believing God that he's going to continue to outpour his spirit like never before. Many were actually refilled in that service as well, but I'm just expecting God just to outpour His Spirit in a powerful way. We need to get ready for what the Lord is about to do here in this local church. Multiplication is coming. Multiplication is here. And we need to be in agreement with one another that God is indeed pouring out His Spirit. Not just here, but locally and around the world. It's time for the harvest. It truly is. Amen. I'm just so thankful for the privilege that we got to attend. It was my first time being there, and it was just so incredible. I'd encourage everyone to attend it once in your life. We really had the best time. I wasn't going to make any notes, but Curry told me that I had to or I was going to talk too long. So um, NAYC was amazing. I've been fortunate enough to go to three now, and each one seems to just get better and better. Every service was so impactful, from the worship to the altar call, it was just all so beautiful. We've talked about it as a youth group many times, but like we honestly just stood there in awe. There was one service that stood out to me the most, and it was actually a morning general session. On Friday morning, Brother James Wilson brought us a fantastic and timely word of God. His message was titled, It's Okay to Hate Away. As soon as he said his title, I could have just sobbed in that moment because I knew exactly where he was going. He spoke about how it's not just enough to love the truth and it's not just enough to love God, but we have to hate the false way too. We have to hate it enough to tell those that are walking in, it, in that lifestyle that we hate it. We have to say, listen, I don't hate you. I love you, but I hate the way that you're living right now. We may need to admit that we're scared of how they'll react 
or respond, but we have to tell them the truth. This message, seriously, I feel like it changed my life. Um, months and years leading up to this event, it felt like I'd watched many close friends and family um, slip away from the truth. It impacted me so much. It made me sad because I didn't understand why, why somebody would want to leave this. This is seriously the best life, and you can't find any better than this. During altar call, a childhood friend who many of you know, uh, Sophie Long, she found me amongst a sea of people, and we prayed together and we cried um, over some friends that, childhood friends that have walked away from the church that no longer attend with us. And while I had been praying before Sophie found me, I was just praying that God would give me boldness. And as Sophie was praying with me, she specifically said, boldness. And I just felt confirmation in that moment that God was going to pour out boldness into my life. Um, during that message, I had a list of five names that came to my mind, and I just could not shake their names. I prayed for them at the altar. I prayed for them while he was speaking, and I couldn't shake it. So I came home from Congress, and God gave me that boldness and the strength to message all five of those individuals to tell them that the church misses them, that I miss them, and that I love them, but I hate the way that they're living right now. I thank God for this experience, for the boldness that he gave me, and for the level of depth that he brought me to personally and for our youth group at NAYC. I'm so excited for all that God is going to do, and this is just the beginning of what is happening here and around the world, and I want to remind everyone here that this is the best life right here. So I'm kind of regretting my decision on coming up here, but that's okay. Um, so this is my first NAYC. I came in with no expectations. I had no idea how it was going to turn out. But we walked in first service, and after it was done, I just stood there for about 20 minutes in amazement and in awe of what God was doing. And for the first time in a long, long time, I kind of felt, you know what, I'm actually not alone in this. I, I go to school, and there's not many people who believe God like I do. You walk around town, there's, there's no one that looks the way I do, who believes the way I do. But you walk in from all ages that come together in the dome to worship the one same God for the one same purpose. And I, I was truly just impacted from that one moment. Um, the last service is probably the one that touched me the most. Um, it was the service, which um, you kind of saw a video. It said, here come the apostolics. It was truly just amazing to be like, hey, be proud of who you are. There's no shame being an apostolic. And I got this boldness to go pray with a bunch of strangers. Didn't know who they were. I was like, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you and go pray with a bunch of strangers. And as I was walking around the floor, you could just see people laying on the ground, just surrendering, surrendering themselves to God. And I finally met with the youth group, and all you could see is everybody just praying together. And it was truly amazing to watch that and be a part of that and pray together as a youth group. But the one main thing that impacted me, I guess, the most was seeing how it impacted our youth group once we came home. Wednesday night, Kobe, Cody sorry, came in, and we were having a prayer beforehand. And he said, I can tell our youth group is never going to be the same again. And he was truly right. He, there was somebody filled with the Holy Ghost. People were renewed. People were healed. And 
afterwards we came up and we prayed along the altar. We didn't leave till 45 minutes, 50 minutes after church was already done. People were gone. There's no cars in the parking lot. But we just felt to pray, to pray over the church, pray over our people. And if I could do it again, I'd do it 100 times over. Truly the best experience of my life. So for a long time, I've dealt with panic attacks and anxiety. For to someone to speak to someone, I would have panic attacks, or my anxiety would take over. To speak in front of a group, I would it would take over by by doing just speaks um, speeches at school, talking to people I don't know, and just feeling overwhelmed. I have prayed and asked God to release those chains for a long time. Now, now when my, me and my mom were on our way to NAYC, I had a really bad anxiety attack, and now I have looked back on it as the devil did not want me to go because he knew that I would get delivered. My mom and I flew separately from the youth as we were going to spend a few days with my un uncle and his family at the end of NAYC. Now the anxiety attack happened as our flight was rescheduled four times and then canceled for, um, for medical um, reasons. They moved us to another flight and then it was canceled due to storms in New York. I said to my mom, though through tears, let's just go home, I want to sleep in my bed. I don't want to sleep in the airport like we did last time. My mom said, no, we are going, we have plans. And we, and the air, airlines put us up in a hotel and on, our, on a flight the following morning and we got, we got our sleep. All the services were excellent, but on the final night of NAYC, Brother Chris Green spoke on where are the apostolics. Then at the end, Brother Green had everyone stand and rise, raise their hands and cry, Jesus. He then changed his title to Here Come the Apostolics. A group of us went, up, went down to the floor to pray, and I wanted to be the apostolic, and I knew that I needed to have the chains of panic attacks and anxiety to break. I, paid I prayed through and left those chains in St. Louis of panic attacks and anxiety. Yes, I get nervous, but not like I, the way I used to. My anxiety was so bad that sometimes it was hard for me to breathe. So if, I, so if you think that God doesn't hear your prayers, he is just waiting for you to hold on to the keys of your chains and unlock them. He is not going to do it himself. You have to help. And that was my problem. But at NYC, I, I was holding on to the keys to it and praying, prayed like I never, ha never has done before. And now I can jump without the weight of the chains that were holding me back from worshiping the way God created me to worship. Good. I am not sure who needs to know, uh, but God is passing you the key to, the lock, to lock, unlock your chains. You need to take the key and unlock the lock and get those chains, chains and drop them. And don't pick them back up to free 
the free like the song. I have I found freedom. This is freedom. I've got a new beginning. My past has been erased. My anxiety and my panic attacks have been erased. But the, there is no rock going to worship or cry in my place. I, yeah. I have fe- freedom. Amen. So this was my very first NAYC. And I got like... A lot of people would ask me, hey, are you excited? And I would say, yes, like, of course I was excited for this huge thing that happens every two years. I just, I had no idea what to expect, and I did not know that my life would be changed this much from this event. Um, So the very first night during song service, I kind of just stood there and just looked around at all the other people that were like me, that loved God and wanted to worship him. And I was just like, wow, I'm I'm not the only one. There is others all over the world. And I was just (laughs) so amazed and it was so refreshing knowing I wasn't the only one. And in the services, I just felt so comfortable to worship God because everyone around me was like everyone was jumping everyone was praising him so I just did what I felt to do to worship God and Friday night the last service in particular it really spoke to me some the preacher said um God broke your chains you just haven't let them fall yourself and that just (laughs) touched my heart so much And um, later in the service, he got everyone to raise their hands and cry Jesus and just call out to him to break your chains. And I was praying. must have been the hardest I've ever prayed, I'm going to be honest. Um, And this, I felt a hand go on my shoulder, and I felt... This girl, she told me, your chains are broken. Throw anxiety and depression on the floor and stomp on it. You are free. And when she said that, when she said that, I just felt the chains just fall and that I was free. And the burdens were just gone. And I just got this peace fall over me. (laughs) I just knew from then on my life was changed. The anxiety was just gone from that point on. And (laughs) NAYC was definitely the most incredible and life-changing experiences I will probably ever have and I'm so thankful I got to experience it and if you if you get the chance to go you you should go and just experience it for yourself because it's so hard to explain when you get back but just your life will be changed so they saved the oldest for last (laughs) but I have a testimony that of healing So this was my fifth NAYC, 
and this was the best I've ever gone to in the five that I have gone to. They was just incredible. Linda and I started on our way to St. Louis with a few hiccups, as she said. And two years ago, on September the 1st, we were in a car accident. And ever since then, I've had problems with my back and my shoulder. I've been going to physio and Cairo every week and not getting any better. I've been prayed for. I've been anointed with oil. And nothing seemed to happen. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is something that I'm going to have to live with this pain. I love to cook. I love to bake. I love to be in the kitchen. And it was hard for me to stand at the counter for any longer than five minutes without major pain. So after two and a half days of driving to Portland, airports, airplanes, and everything, my back was really bothering when we got to St. Louis. Walking from the hotel to the dome was a lot of pain, and I walked very slow. Youth went ahead of me, but that was okay. They knew that the older lady behind them was going to be all right. <laughs> so I went, and I watched them worship. And I'll tell you, that group, they worshiped. They made me very, very proud. Um, now, on Thursday, there was a general session, and they weren't allowed to record it. And it was just a shock. There's a few clips you'll get here and there on the Internet, but you can't get the whole, um, the whole sermon because she does things that would put her in jeopardy if we were to if they were to show her face and to see things and hear the stories that she had told. But she said one thing that stuck to me. There's a difference between the presence of God and the glory of God. And if you only visit in his presence and only view what he can do for you, rather than who he is in his glory, you do not have the gospel, you have a hobby. If you can leave his presence unchanged, you're not in a tabernacle. You are not a tabernacle of his glory. You are a slave to entertainment. You have a hobby. You have a hobby you can pick up and put down. She went on and preached, and you saw the youth go to their knees, and some of them went to the floor laying face down, crying and praying to not have a hobby with God. On Friday, after Brother James Wilson, who we've always known as a singer, man, he can preach. <laughs> he preached in the general session, and then as Cody, Brother Cody mentioned, we all got together, and he mentioned that they had been in a session where they were talking about multiplying, and we all joined together, and we started to pray. While we were praying, I've been in back pain this whole time. While we were praying, I felt to ask Brother Cody if the youth could pray for me. So here the youth gather around me, and they started to pray. And I can't tell you exactly the moment the pain left, but it happened, and I haven't had any since. I've tested everything that could be tested. 
I have been cooking this week. I am wearing heels. I haven't been able to wear heels in two years. And I can wear heels. There are things that making the bed was hard for me. And I did it with no pain. I'm doing things this week, sitting at my desk at work, getting up and going afterwards, no pain, when I would normally have to help to get myself up and then take a few steps and then walk and then I could walk normal. So when I say my pain is gone, someone needs to hear that what Brother Robertson preached this morning out, prepare for your miracle, your miracle's on the way. You just need to be prepared for it. It may not come from a fancy preacher, someone laying their hands on you with anointing oil or something like that. It may come from one of our youth just simply laying their hands on you. You go into them and saying, you know, I need prayer. I have a need. And they can pray for you. The song by Mark Crowder that says anything can happen has become one of my favorites because with lifted hands we come into church but it doesn't have to be church it can be our home it can be our work office it can be anywheres we lift our hands and then Jesus will walk in the room with you and anything can happen we don't have to be in the dome in St. Louis we don't be, have to be here in this church but anything can happen as you need a miracle, anything can happen when Jesus walks into your room. Amen. Amen. I think we'll probably have about 100 people go next time. Youth group, good luck uh, organizing all that. Amen. Isn't it wonderful what God's doing? Amen. Thank the Lord for what he's doing. Amen. Those testimonies were amazing. Amen. Thank the Lord for his mighty power. And our young people, I have utmost respect for each of you. And I thank God for his wonderful spirit. Road to Revival. Just give me a few minutes. I know that you've already had five speakers. But uh, Road to Revival, 2 Kings chapter 2. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and, and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho, and the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha, said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it, but hold ye your peace. 
And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee, hear, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophet went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. And just for a few moments, I want to talk to you about the road to revival because there are some key steps that are important to us and important to revival, not only in our own life personally and in our church, but also in our city. Amen. God has and desires for you to be in revival. He doesn't want any of us that are in this room tonight watching or listening online to not be free in the spirit, full of the Holy Ghost, uh, and receiving uh, to fruition his absolute purpose in each of our lives. Amen. The story of Elijah and Elisha. Elijah means my God is Jehovah. Elisha means my God is salvation. My God is Jehovah. My God is salvation. Notice that these two men each wore a mantle. Most men wore some kind of a loose-fitting outer garment, but prophets wore a certain mantle uh, that identified them as a prophet. Mantles were so important as protection from the cold at night that it was forbidden to take one as collateral that went beyond sunset of that day. You couldn't use someone else's mantle. Uh, It had to be your own. The mantle is not a type of the anointing, of the Holy Ghost, that's the oil of the Holy Ghost because that's what goes inside. The Bible speaks about pouring into you or pouring into your vessel the Spirit. The mantle is a covering that's over your life that's produced out of character and lifestyle, and it shows externally to the people around you that God has done something powerful in your life. People don't want to see and hear just words. They want to see action. They want to see your life actually be an absolute response to what God has done in your life. Amen. I'm thankful for the power of the Holy Ghost, and I'm thankful for that. But I want that power of the Spirit to be externally shown through the road to revival in my life. The road to revival that will affect every other person that you and I come in contact with. Are you desiring revival? Revival's here. Revival's already here. We're living in revival. You just heard our young people talk about it. People being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost in youth. Amen. People being filled with His Spirit during uh, uh, camp meetings uh, for children. I, I thank God for what He's doing. Amen. And revival is already here. Miko was, and, and Jesse were doing um, camp in Louisiana just a few weeks ago. I think they had maybe 1,000 children that was at that camp in Louisiana. God filled 104, 104 kids with the baptism of the Holy Ghost during that camp meeting in Louisiana. Listen, God's pouring out his spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to be on the road to revival. 
I have no desire to be dead. I have no desire to be dried up. I have no desire to be gloomy and doomy. I have a desire for the power of the Holy Ghost to be working in my life every day. I'm on the road to revival. Four places, very quickly. This is what the road to revival consisted of. They were at a place called Gilgal. And Gilgal, the root word means the beginning point of commitment. You and I have got to be committed to the Almighty God if we're going to be on the road to revival. Commitment is not a Sunday thing. It's not a church thing. It's not a certain day thing. Commitment is when every one of us reach a place where we're separated from this world and the things of this world. And God is the absolute priority in our life. The road to revival will happen in your life. It doesn't matter who you are, how long you've been in church, or how long you've been around church. If you separate yourself unto the Almighty God, you're unto the road to revival. They get behind you this morning, Pastor Mark, didn't they? Did you wear them out this morning? You did? Did you guys get behind him this morning? Okay, good. If you separate yourself unto God and commit yourself to him, let me tell you, there's nothing in this world that can take you away from your life being revived before God. You can't go one day without your life affecting someone else uh, that you come in contact with if you're committed to the Almighty God. Let your life be committed to Him and separated unto Him, and you will be on the road to revival. Listen, if you're having trouble in your walk with God right now, Check your commitment level. If you're struggling to serve God and it's up one day and down the next and you're in and out and you're struggling, check your commitment level. Because if you're committed to Him and separated unto Him, there's absolutely nothing that can stop you from being on the road to revival. They go from Gilgal to Bethel. Bethel simply means the house of God. That's where Jacob had his vision of the angelic ladder, the encounter with the supernatural. It was a, a, a mighty changing event that happened in Jacob's life. And you and I, when we came to the house of God, I'm not talking about just a building, but when you came in and had an encounter with him and the power of his spirit touched your life for the first time. He changed you from that moment. You had an encounter with him. It's called the house of God. If you commit yourself unto the Lord, separate yourself unto him and have an encounter with him. You're on the road to revival. You can't help but be revived when you have an encounter with the Almighty. 
Jacob's walk changed. His diet changed. His name changed. Everything about his life changed. At that encounter with the Almighty, what happened in his life was for the rest of his life. It wasn't just a flash in the pan or an overnight event. Oh, no, no. This was a life-changing event because he had an encounter. Amen. When I got touched with the power of his spirit for the first time, it wasn't just, well, that was cool. Well, that's, that's done with now, over with. And put a little check mark by the box. No. The encounter changed my life forever. Listen, if you're having issues with being revived, renew your encounter. Get yourself back, hallelujah, to the moment God changed your life and remember how that encounter happened. Remember how it used to be and then how it changed. Remember where you came from and where he took you. You'll be on the road to revival. You can't help but be revived if you're committed unto him and you have an encounter with him in the house of God. Thirdly, the Bible speaks that they went to Jericho. The word Jericho means a place of fragrance. Jericho was the battleground of spiritual understanding. The place where the fragrance of the anointing was poured out on life. Listen, there's, a, there's no true anointing that happens in your life unless you're broken. In John chapter 12, in verse 3, Mary takes a, a pound of ointment of spikenard and anoints Jesus' feet. Spikenard was very costly because it took 500,000 nards to be crushed. The spike of that fragrance was an East Indian plant that was around one pound, and it took 500,000 nards. It cost approximately one year's wages. And the reason that the fragrance filled the room, because something had been crushed. Dying to ourselves is necessary because dead, dead men can't be offended, and dead people can't be tempted. I'm not talking about literal death. I'm talking about the death that Paul talks about where he says, I've got to die every day. I've got to lay myself down every day. It's not a physical death he's talking about. He's talking about a spiritual death where our life is broken before God. And out of that brokenness comes a fragrance of revival. The things that happen in your life are not for just no reason. Lots of hurt can be talked about. Lots of things that have, that have damaged and left uh, scars in people's lives. And stories could be told tonight of things that have taken place uh, in people's lives tonight that have changed you. 
But let me tell you, the brokenness of that is where God steps in and allows your heart and life to be revived. And everything about you is crushed. And everything about Him, it fills the room with His Spirit, His fragrance. You just heard it a little bit in the testimony. goes from presence to glory. All you have to do is read the Scripture When the glory filled the house of the Lord, the priest couldn't even stand to minister. When you and I are broken before Him and God's presence, all of a sudden that fragrance of the Holy Ghost starts to fill your life. You're on the road to revival. Music come. The last location was Jordan. So now you can see they began at commitment and they moved on to an encounter with God's presence that left a place of fragrance where God's presence and spirit filled the room. And then they come to Jordan. The word for Jordan translated in the Hebrew is Yarden, which means descender. Jordan is where the mantle descends from heaven on the life of Elijah or Elisha. It's where the power, the double portion, falls on his life. You can read in 2 Kings 13, 16 miracles that happened through Elisha's life after Elijah is taken. This is where this is where the descending of God's power happens on your life. See the mantle falls when when no longer we look for humanity to help us. When we no longer look for people to take care of us. When we no longer put our trust just in each other. But we're looking for a descending of His presence and His power in your life. And folks, as good as you have ever been and as awesome of talents He's ever given you, nothing will compare when the power of God falls upon your life and descends upon you. Listen, something will be sparked inside of you that there is no explanation for. People will say things like, what happened to you? (laughs) What got a hold of you? What is it that took place with those 17, 16 young people and Stephanie? No, I just kidding. I put you in the young, Melissa. (laughs) What happened to them that changed their life? Was it 37,000 people that they just wanted to be around? No, no, no. Something descended upon them that caused them to say, this is bigger than me. This is bigger than just a few. This is bigger than just our youth group. This is bigger than just St. John. This is bigger, amen, than than hype. You want to be revived? Get yourself committed. You want to be revived? Have an encounter. 
You want to be revived? Allow yourself to be broken before Him. And I'll tell you what happens at Jordan. All of a sudden, the power of God will come upon your life. And you will not be able to explain how awesome it is. That's why young people can pray for someone and then be healed. It's not the young people. It's what has descended upon them. That's why your life can be in absolute turmoil. And all of a sudden something happened that turns it around. Did you just all of a sudden become smart? No. You were already smart. What happened was you said, I'm going to be committed to Him. I'm going to have an encounter with Him. I'm going to be broken before Him. And all of a sudden at Jordan, a double portion of His presence and Spirit falls upon your life and your life is no longer the same. The road to revival. What is it? What is revival? We make it complicated. It's not complicated. I'm just going to commit myself to Jesus. Have an encounter with Him. Let myself fall upon Him and let Him fill me afresh. It's not complicated. I pray that every person in this room tonight, every person watching or listening online, would get themselves on the road to revival. Tonight. We could have a testimony service all night tonight. Things that people have done in your life that you can go back to. So I challenge you tonight. Let your life be revived in this place. Don't even start to become dead. Brother Robertson, I'm going to give the mic to you. Did everyone just become statues? Stand upon your feet, please. I know what it is. He made this big warning that I was coming back tonight. You didn't know whether that was bad or good. Maybe you're still trying to figure it out. All I know is, I'm not interested in being some type of a dead Christian. Because there is no such thing. I'm not interested in not being on fire with the Holy Ghost. I'm not interested in just putting in time. I'm not interested in just being a churchgoer. I'm on the road to revival. I'm looking for commitment. I'm looking for people that says, I want an encounter. Would you fill this altar? Hallelujah. Let the power of God break you tonight and let His presence fall upon you as we worship and sing unto the Lord. Young people, to the elders tonight, get yourself on the road to revival. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.